Hello, and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. And Justin from Horror Business is churning out the reviews from Chattanooga right now, so definitely go check those out. Um, you can also help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show by becoming a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please go check out these great sponsors, Essex, like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex Coffee Roasters believe that you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you use Cinnabunks as a promo code, you get 10% off. You can also check out Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley. Also, maybe the world. Personable and professional, they're the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with great service and printing. You can find them at xlvacx.com. So this episode is totally different uh, than we normally do. We uh, do not have any news, We, but what we do have is a very extended version of the setup that we did this past weekend at mm-hmm. Crypticon Kansas City. Yes, it was not only a chance to bring on our first ever guests, but also... The first time Nick and I ever recorded in person. We've seen each other in person, don't get me wrong. But we had not recorded in person until this past weekend. And yeah. and, and we we ran our friends from Nightmare Junkhead through a, a bevy of our getting to know you questions. And I think we got some great answers. So take a listen. Instead of new nightmares this week, we're doing something a little bit different because we got to go to Crypticon where we got to join Nightmare Junkhead. And Greg has been a fan of our getting to know you portion of the show. And we thought, let's get to know Nightmare Junkhead and throw them some of the questions you've heard us answer. We are starting out with a question that we have not actually answered, but it is appropriate to like what we're here for. So because we are here at Crypticon and I know you have all you've both this is this is julie's first crypticon Mm -hmm. but genius and greg have been to many other conventions as well so what is your weirdest or best or perhaps best weirdest convention experience yeah sometimes those aren't necessarily mutually exclusive (laughs) I, i think the best ones take a little bit of both i will say as someone that is very much a socially awkward introvert Anytime I'm out on the convention floor, it's weird for me. But there was a moment where we were at a film festival. It was Panic Fest, and we were interviewing some of the filmmakers, and they had someone there with them that we thought was maybe part of their entourage. Are you talking about the same thing that I'm thinking about, one of the weirdest ones? Are we talking about taxidermy? Taxidermy. 
That oh. was weird as shit. How do I not know this? <laughs> well, I don't know what that was. I'm sure it exists out there on one of our old one, uh, old episodes of Panic Fest. So this was in Panic Fest time, and we were in the middle of that floral pit of doom. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. They transitioned. And we were interviewing a local, I mean, an, an independent filmmaker. And he had buxom ladies with him. And we thought that was part of his entourage because that's his shtick. Very trauma-esque. But apparently one of them, they were just people who came in. They were like, come on in the show, right? Well, and she's like, we we're talking like, and who are you? And who are you? And she's like, I'm a taxidermist. And I asked a simple question. Like, when you, you do custom art and you make things and stuff, what do you do with the extra parts? Because I know some ta- ta- taxidermists make things. Looks me dead in the eye with this wild, like, angered look. Like, I offended every fiber in her being. And just, she's like, and then she's like, that is disrespectful to all things that I stand for. And I'm like, I'm just asking the question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it turns out that she had no affiliation with the director. She was actually trying to get with the director. And we kind of interrupted her thing. Oh. So, like. The tonal shift of it was I had whiplash the remainder of the festival. It was nuts. It was awkward and weird. Terrifying. And there was another that, remember that other weird, uh, we were at the con, and we were one of our first cons that we were doing, and we are like, hey, let's do some cross-pod. We want to get our name out there. Cool. And so we had a couple of pods come on. And they were at the festival. They had booths. They had a presence. I listened to a little bit of, they did primarily like commentaries. Yeah. So he does the vetting because he's the podcast listener. I'm listening (laughs) to Dick, right? And so I'm like, all right, cool. And so we get these two guys on, and these two guys had to be like some sort of weird Jay and Silent Bob situation because one dude hardly said nothing, and the other guy was sitting there, and he was he had kind of a bro feel about him, which is fine. But next thing you know, they start talking about like sucking off dead dogs or some like sort of weird, oh heinous stuff that's just vile, not our vibe. Vile stuff. And Greg's over here, and then I finally go, what the fuck? wrong with you guys (laughs) and like i'm like calling him out i'm like what's your problem you don't do that shit you know talking about it to random ass strangers and shock jocks you know it it was not what i heard on the commentary track so i was like holy shit that got bamboozled somehow so it was just one of those that you got to be careful i mean because i get vile and you know i mean i say some heinous shit i'm sorry if i should have said something i don't know how bad i should have asked if i can cuss on the show yeah okay yeah yeah okay cool because like And like, but at the same time, I was like, well, that was weird as hell. There's a surprising amount of wholesome people in the horror community. So yeah. it's really bold to come right in with something. Out the gate. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee they were in their 20s, bunch of edgelords. Yeah, uh, yeah. it happens. Uh, well, I mean, the, the, we were downstairs for that panel uh-huh. and there was like a dude, like definitely mid to late 50s and just like, I'll just tell it how it is. And uh, it's just like, uh, this was yeah. a child's play panel. And he was like, he said, child's play three was a pile of shit. And we're like, are you glad that you weren't in it? Yeah, I was. Do you oh. think uh, like, yeah. like, and it's oh. like, Julie and I are both just sitting there like with our heads down, just like, like, no. sh- like quietly. You can hear both of us quietly just going like, no, I think I said, sir. <laughs> Would have been a perfect time for a moderator to jump in. On oh. Like, hey. <laughs> anyway, next question. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, because he yeah. kept going. Oh. Yeah, he didn't stop. No one stopped him and he did not. Oh, that would have all oh, that would have just drove me bananas. Not saying that like not saying that like, you know, 
I'm the end all be all. But with situations like that, we're like, man, step in, take the microphone yeah, away, was, you know, keep or or, or put, keep the show going or something. It's redirect. Just, it's the whole like showman aspect of me, like, oh, yeah, that's trying to be insane. Everybody is uncomfortable yeah, now. The whole room just cringed Cut. in unison. Cut. Cut. <laughs> Strike the set. Redoing it. Oh, it was oh my goodness. Uh, what's our next question for him? Our next question, unless you have a con experience that you would like to. Uh, I did get to see, like, the best con experience for me is uh, shortly after Patton Oswalt's appearance on Parks and Rec, where he did, like, that massive, like, monologue, like, nice. connecting all of these movies <laughs> together. They put out, like, the full version, like, on YouTube. And, like, literally that weekend, I was at C2E2 in Chicago, where he was the one of the guests for a Q&A. And he proceeds to explain... Like, he had to stop just because, like, he couldn't talk anymore. Like, he'd been talking for 10 minutes straight. And he was like, oh, no. Like, I had plans that, like, started to, like, connect in, like, the prisoner and, like, all of this other shit. And the entire audience is just like, tell us more, Papa Patton. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite experience. That's perfect. I won second place at a Comic-Con contest or costume contest. That was fucking rad. Nice. I was I was Zoidberg. <laughs> had the squiddly diddly mouth and everything. I mean, in why fact, not I still Zoidberg? Had the squiddly diddly <laughs> mouth somewhere. I stopped participating in costume contests after the Nerdoween that I was a very good Zool and my friend won in a Target hot dog con- <laughs> costume. <laughs> we take no responsibility not for anything else. Thought it was an audience. It was audience participation. <laughs> She's got an infectious laugh. I can't compete with that. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, next question. I think this is a good one to go with mm. next. What movie, show, toy, whatever scared you as a kid, horror or otherwise? Superman 3. All right. Superman 3. That scene when the old lady gets dragged into the computer and gets Cronenberg. I Oof. wasn't ready for body horror Oof. from a Superman Oof. movie. Mm-hmm. Techno body horror. And it sounds painful when it happens to her it sounds unpleasant it's awful and i went in looking with with, i got richard Pryor hamming it up i got robert vaughn you know being an evil guy and then all of a sudden cronenberg comes into superman it's terrifying watch out for it chud chud fucks me up (laughs) chud fucked me up chud still fucks me up i will not walk over the gray i've seen chud a million times it is not a scary movie however the idea and the thought of chud implanted such a fear in me that no no in fact if i accidentally walk on a grater i'm like oh i just feel like my soul left my body mm-hmm. i feel after that panel like i'm i, I now I, they got asked a very similar question and i feel like i now also have to go with return to oz oh, like yeah. i think my i was just like oh no i've, I've blocked that out mm-hmm. like and just, just every time somebody mentions it it's just like uh. The Wheelers are terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100% the Wheelers. Because they got the two face. It wouldn't be so bad if they only had one face. Uh-huh. But yeah. they have two. <laughs> and that's what throws them off. And they're just so elongated. If they were so elongated and two-faced, mm-hmm. if people with wheel, Because I was talking about earlier outside having a cigarette, Turbo Teen was oh, terrifying. <laughs> the transformation of it... Just the whole like body horror aspect of turning it into a wear car yeah. looks painful and not fun. <laughs> and then where do you put the gas? Mm. So like <laughs> none of that about being turbo teen would be great. Because like 
Seriously. If somebody leaves something in the car and when you transform, is it inside of you? You know, what if you need a spare? Do you and you have a flat tire as your car? If you transform, are you missing a foot? This is a course that's taught in uh, Mississippi University. It's like anatomy <laughs> and physiology of turbo team. Turbo team is absolutely terrifying. The re- the implications of turbo team implications is yeah. just yeah I mean, beyond immeasurable. And, and both of these things are targeted towards kids. Yeah. In essence, there's so much weird shit that I mean, existed I mean, in the in 1980s. The 80s, yeah. Kinder trauma, me, man. It was yeah. Beastmaster. I loved that movie, but parts of it are terrible. Those guys, those yeah. guys with mm-hmm. the trash bag arms oh. that turn you into milk. It's so scary. <laughs> where, they're thro- where they're throwing like the kid into like the thing to get yeah. sacrificed, and he has to call in. The, like that was to a this thing- day. I don't trust ferrets, and those were the good guys. <laughs> Rip torn. That was probably my first yeah. introduction. <laughs> I'm like. That dude's scary. And that, yeah. Oh no, that he's ring, in it. He's that eye ring, all his vultury Ooh. shit going on. God love Coscarelli. <laughs> yeah. And then they like put a baby and a cow. <laughs> it, it was a lot as a kid. And it was on TV, as you know, all the yeah. time. Oh. Right? And hey, Beastmasters on exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was just you know constantly like I'm gonna watch it. It's on. It's Beastmasters. There's ferrets. Yeah. They're cute. I don't trust them. But there's a tiger that's painted black that's supposed <laughs> to be a panther. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to ruin me financially. <laughs> Dar's over there yelling about shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who's causing all the darkness in the world. It's that bitch, Carol Baskin. <laughs> and PG rated. Yeah, I mean, just PG. and Tanya we Roberts. We were not protected as children. No, no. no. <laughs> That's that 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 weird sort of like in between liminal time before like where movies just kept like going like, well, we could, we can make this like, this is totally fine. It's like PG, PG, PG. And then finally there's like, we need something between this and R obviously. Parents won't let them watch it if it's bad. No, apparently you're wrong. How many people freaked out a large Marge? Oh Oh, yeah. God. I watched hair for the first time recently. PG rated (laughs) film. You know, Treat Williams is hanging dong. Beverly D'Angelo, her boobs are out all over the place. I'm like, good Lord. It's, it's a, another class, time. Another place. Yeah. Today class, you're going to watch Romeo and Juliet. Oh, no God. snickering and laughing. <laughs> okay. Clash of the Titans was another know. one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still want a Beepo, though. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? So right? Oh. All right, Nick, what are we going with next? That's a good question. I mean, that seems... So... Okay. How... Well, or for how long would you need to know someone before going on a weekend get- getaway to a remote location? Never. This is not remote, but. <laughs> you are automatic. Never. 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 Never, 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 never. Well, well depends you on, don't do the forest. And I don't I do that. the forest. Now, yeah. going away on like a vacation or a roundabout. Cool. That's different. But going into the forest, like to a cabin in the woods. No. Why would I open myself up to going to a murder barn? You know what I'm saying? Fair. And I've I've been married and when married went on a cruise and my better half was very social. So she was very much talking to other couples and I'm like and as you know, sometimes <laughs> different vibes can be can be hit on and I'm like, Oh no, I'm afraid that she's going to interact with someone. They're gonna go let's go somewhere and I'm like <gasps> I don't know if that's a good idea. We don't have a pineapple on our door. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I haven't seen We're not enough... pineapple people. <laughs> no, I've seen enough horror movies to know, right? And exactly. When we go going like, hey. Again. It's one of two things and sometimes both. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think nowadays as just my lone person, I'm kind of like with 
with genius here. I don't know if I can. No, that's technically not true. We all went out to Chicago. No, 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 no. See, I'm thinking remote as in just me oh, and just, one okay. other person out okay. in the Some woods you somewhere. you get back without your own car. Like, okay. like if, you, if yeah. you didn't take your own car to no. Chicago, you could get back. N- yeah, it might cost you money, never. but you could get back. That's but true. like, if that's I'm going true. to Chicago or if I'm going to a con or if I'm going even like to oh, yeah. Hawaii, yeah. we you know. Yeah, we rent a big van and everybody, like we, we load like seven or eight people in the van and you drive out to this big house in the woods no i got a great <laughs> no. deal on this airbnb there's a hot tub you guys it's definitely not inflatable and full of dead animals <laughs> it's got a, ba- a dirt basement and like a, there's a library in there it's too cheap to be believed it's, it's such <laughs> yeah. a great deal it's a fixer upper yeah it's no. right on the lake Right on the lake. No. Pictures look great. There's a barn. There's a barn. <laughs> <laughs> no. AKA kind of a tool shed. Tool shed. It's, it's very got a very colorful local past. It's got tasteful right. taxidermy adorns the walls. Mm-hmm. I would say after watching Speak No Evil, <laughs> I'm never oh, going Lord. anywhere with anyone. That movie made me so angry. They're remaking it. You I kn- heard that. It Cana- doesn't make sense. Americans or Canadians? It's Americans and yeah. Canadians, but I don't. I don't think that. I'm I'm play. trying to go in with my mood elevator at Curious, but I I don't yeah. want to see it because I'm already pissed off at the original. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm that movie. I'd like to see them fix the parts that pissed. Like all yeah. the parts where that guy should have been like, "No thanks, we're out." I'd like to see them overcome that in the remake. Like he I mean, says it, but for some reason can't get out. I mean, that's how you should do remakes. It's like yeah. where you take a movie that had a great core, but like they just fucked it up in execution, and then you just like. You know, put it out properly. Yeah. You you, you fix all the shit. That's I'm going to wait for you to vet it. To okay, that's if I'm going to hate <laughs> yeah. it or not. Fair. Because I don't want to go in hating things because we're a positive podcast. <laughs> but, Except when it comes to Ari Aster. That's why we don't talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> He's almost like the Voldemort of the show. Like he should not be named because he knows like the best way and to get And yet I him. know your opinion. Right? <laughs> so. Right? Because people bait me. Like, Let's poke this bear because he's... Dance better, as, as I just did. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, guilty. I'm just mind. like, oh, easy content. Let's go. See, it's, <laughs> one, it's one thing being treated like a dancing bear, but it's another thing when the bear likes to dance. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, if the bear didn't like to dance, it's one thing. Rawr, no bear, no. But the fact that, like, I love the ballet. <laughs> boop, boop, baby, yep. boop, 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 you know, so you have the sign that says, "Please poke the bear." <laughs> right? You press. Who wants to perform? You pressed you as referring to me. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I deal with on a weekly basis. <laughs> uh, what's next? All right. How about this one? Have either of you dabbled in things that could get you possessed? Played with a Ouija board, performed a seance, automatic writing. I did back in the day when I. So this was back in the Stanley Kansas days. So let me take you back a little. I had Dr. Pepper. I would join in the Stanley Kansas no longer exists. It's now part of Overland Park, Kansas. But Stanley Kansas was a very small town, and behind my house we had a John Deere. Uh, equipment tractor place. Ooh, I know this story. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> in the midst of it, there was this little kind of abandoned shed, barn <laughs> oh, that existed. And my friends and I would go out there, and my buddies, there were three of us, and they had convinced me that the house was haunted. 
So it's like, okay, that's fair. What can we do to battle a house or, you know, a haunted house? Well, let's read from the Bible and maybe exercise it. So all of us went out. I literally had a Bible and I'm reading passages from the Bible. And my buddy Chris is behind me telling me that he sees in a reflection, he sees a demon. And so I'm reading louder and more passionate. You know, I'm thinking like, what would, you know, something from Maiden or Revelations, right? And he's like, dude, the demon is crying blood. So I'm like convinced I'm exercising this thing out of the house. Read all of it. He's like, it's gone. Walk away. Went into the, the barn. This house is clean. I mean, like, <laughs> legit felt like we did, but I was engaged. I mean, I was probably all of anywhere from like the eight, age of eight to 12. All right, all right. But, you know, not old enough to know better, but to be young enough to like be kind of convinced that I think I'm doing something here. Yeah. So let me ask you a little bit quick parameter on this question. <laughs> <laughs> is it just about supernatural entities or is it about other things that we have seen that could be pursued? Not necessarily ghosts, but like of other things. Because I've seen a monster. Go for it. Well, I, 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 I would like to hear we're details. We're not going to turn down monsters, <laughs> I think. I mean, I've got a UFO story, so like I'm totally good. Like I'm down. So I also played with a Ouija board back in the day. I don't anymore because that's fucking stupid. If my pro- <laughs> I would probably would have like summoned like something terrible mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i would ask for a ghost of or a, give me one of them succubuses and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden like i yeah but so i was maybe about 1920 and i'm driving home from work and i'm going down 18th street expressway and back in the day it kind of was like a by an old soap the old colgate factory and then mm-hmm. there used to be like some grain silos there that used to have old shit so I'm driving down. It's late, but it's not crazy late. It's maybe about 1130 midnight. I look on the side of the road, and there's this deer roadkill, right, which is not unusual, but at the same time, deers aren't that prevalent in the city. So it's mm-hmm. something that you see. But I'm driving by, and I'm maybe about from here to the other side of the hotel, far length ways, and I see thing, something moving in the roadkill. And I'm driving. I'm like, that's weird. So my eyes are kind of on the road and back in there. As I'm getting closer, as my light hits it, this thing rises up from eating the roadkill. The best way I can describe this animal was, you know, in the old Ren and Stimpy cartoons, when they kind of take a close-up look of Ren, (laughs) he's just really ugly, and he's bald and got the long ears and the big eyes, so... This thing looked. Chupacabra? Look, yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly what, I mean. what I'm thinking it is because this thing looked at me. This thing looked what at me you? and he had. And it smiled at me. The baby, <laughs> smiled, the baby smiled at you, right? No. <laughs> he, he looked at me and he had these weird, like, cat eyes, okay? But he had these, like, sharp teeth with meat hanging down from it, right? And he looked like Ren with his ears down. And he just went, nah, like that. I mean, that. that's a Chupacabra. And so the, but here's the craziest thing. As I drove, and he was completely hairless, okay, or really fine brownish hair. (laughs) As I drove closer back, it went over the bridge, but the way it walked, it was kind of had T Rex arms, but had like almost like a kangaroo. That's a chupacabra, and it hopped away on two legs and crawled under the bridge. Wow! And I. Fucking scream! <laughs> Rightfully I so. Scream! I didn't want to stop because I was not gonna stop. No. But I went. There would have been no ah! point, right? I'm just yelling, and there was another person in the car because I was giving that person a lift home, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, "You didn't see that?" And they're like, "I saw something, but I don't know what. I thought it was just roadkill." 
no, there was more, right? And so like, well, are you going to go back? Fuck no. And so Maybe never take that way again. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I have to. Yeah. Oh There's God. not a lot of ways in and out of KCK. Right? And so, right? And so every time I drive by there, now that it's been reindustrialized, because this was way before the reindustrialization of it, right? So, but now that it has, I'm always like, there's something down there. There's something there. I'm Mm-mm. like, I'm waiting for a bunch of pets to be missing or something. I hate that, that I'm saying that. I mean, but like, I don't know if you're on next door, but <laughs> there is a ne- there's a, a lot of pets that filters into my next door where there's always like. We lost our cat. We lost our dog. And it'll be a string of that. And then someone will be like, have you guys seen these all these coyotes around here? And I'm like, guys, I solved your problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So demons know. Well, yes. And the answer, because I played with Ouija boards and that's always opening a door. But at the same time, that you, fucking monster. You've seen cryptids. Dude, mm. that thing scared the shit out of me. It was just so vivid. As yeah. long as it didn't extra walk, you're fine. <laughs> right? Mm. Oh. Mm. But it had like a tail and everything. It was so fucking weird. And it looked a little bit like the chupacabras that you saw, but it didn't really have the spikes. If it did, it was they were down. Mm-hmm. But just the big wren-like eyes, the big bulbous head on this body that's a little too small for it, and the fact that he just kind of like t-rex hopped it was <laughs> fucking terrifying. disturbing that's terrifying yeah you don't unsee that no nope. oh god vivid and i'm terrified <laughs> yeah, we're, no, i'm gonna we'll, have we'll weird you. dreams i'm not gonna take that way in the after dark anymore yeah. we'll tell you what what street not to take out well, off in Mike. fairness yeah. this was like 20 years ago so <laughs> but again like you said it's still there though you don't know how long they, they could can live, live forever yes. there could have been a nest of them and that could have been a scout right that yeah. could have been like the small that could have been the baby Exactly. Bringing food to the... That could have been the... the, the I mean, weird shit goes on in KCK. Yeah. Yeah. We know that. You got to be tough to live in KCK. You got to... It's, 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 a, it's an unusual place. It's give, wild. Give a shout out to Kick Me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great local film here. So we got time for one more? Yeah. Ooh, Ooh yes. One more. we do? Confirming. Yes, I think let, let's continue on like with this weird shit happening locally. Uh, what was your hometown's scariest or strangest urban legend? Ah, Stanley, Kansas. Uh, we actually did have an urban legend and the urban Yay. legend existed only three doors down from me. <gasps> oh, God. And it should be noted in Stanley, Kansas, um, the Dedricks and people in the Dedrick family kind of ruled the roost. Uh, living next door to me was my aunt, uh, Uncle Tudor and Aunt Mamie. And living next door to them was my um, Uncle Chuck and Cousin Josh. Down the street was my grandmother. Uh, ne- living next door to her was my aunt. Like literally, So it was Dedrick Hills. Very much. Very much. <laughs> now, my Uncle Chuck, who now thinking, looking back at it, he looked like a combination of Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> the recently departed Julian Sands, and uh, Taylor Nagel. He didn't die, dude. He just transcended. He just went back to his own time. <laughs> but you put all three of those together, you get my my uncle Chuck. A lot of nose, a lot of forehead. Gotcha. He's very intense, and he <laughs> convinced me that in this back barn behind their house lived a werewolf named Yellow Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yellow Eyes, yes. And I, my bedroom faced a road, and I saw a lot of headlights going down that road. And every time at night, when those headlights would come in, I'm like. <gasps> fucking yellow eyes he's coming to get me and that terrified me 
To this day, actually, I'm not going to lie. If I look out and I see something like that, I'm thinking yellow eyes. So, yeah. yeah. Werewolf of Stanley, Kansas. There was 2.5. <laughs> so, <laughs> the reason why I'm counting kind of like the 1.5 is because it was the satanic panic. It was a satanic panic killer clown situation. Okay. Mm. I vividly remember hearing about in high, in high school, in elementary school, especially closer to the end of school, when the when the ice cream trucks would come out, watch out! There's a clown in the ice cream truck going around kidnapping children, diddling and killing them. And so I didn't want to get diddled or killed. And so, but, but ice I, cream, but ice cream. And so this is before I found out I was lactose intolerant. Right. So yes. I would roll them dice. I'd go into that bicycle shop every time, right? And so. <laughs> So, so, so I, so I would go and I would get the ice cream truck. So we'd have to worry about Satanists and killer clowns because those Mm -hmm. are the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you've heard about this, but have you heard of the Dot Nest Monster? No, tell me. You never heard of the Dot Nest Monster? Okay, so the Dot Nest Monster lives in, of course, Wyandotte County, Mm like close to the Spillwell. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is of catfish that is the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Okay, yes, yeah. I have heard yeah. this. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's why they can't keep cleaners of the quarry or going the divers and the thing. It's just this monstrous catfish. And every how many noodlers have died trying to arm catch <laughs> exactly, and every person knows someone who knows an old person in Wyandotte County who goes fishing that has seen it or has lost an arm to it or knows a buddy that got a foot taken off of it by it. The Dotness monster, and it's still less scary than Big Eleven Lake. Reigns supreme. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of fascinating, and but that's Amazing. the thing. Like you said, every place has its own little. Lo- do you all remember or heard of Bane's Crossing? Speaking of Satanists. Sounds a little familiar. That was way south of Stanley, Kansas. That was kind of near in like Lewisburg or Stillwell. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it was a set of caves in this trails that was said that these Satanists would conduct sacrifices. They found pentagrams. My buddies and I used to drive around there blaring Slayer thinking that would make us cool with the Satanists. Well, that's mm-hmm. where the one at Connie Lake where not only did you have the Dotness monster, but that's where the Satanists hung out. So Obviously. you had to worry about the Satanists that hung out in the forest part. You're you not had to, safe you couldn't in the go water. Swimming. You're not safe on the land. And then you can't go on the road because the clowns will come and fuck mm-hmm. you up. But we would go and grab our ice cream, listen to music. Again, and- we were unsafe in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> I think if anything, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. But the Dotness monster legend still goes on. I yeah. mean, like good. My, my niece was telling me, did you hear about this big giant catfish? That apparently lives on the lake out there. And, and I'm like, like yeah, so, Oh, it's the Dotness monster. <laughs> Son of the Dotness monster. Right. It's been going on. I mean, I heard about that thing in the nineties. Yeah. So like, it's, it's, that's kind of cool. I much like us. The lore is old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it's being passed down to a new generation yes. to all like, Despite the fact that you have, you know, like a pocket computer connected to the sum total of the world's knowledge, you can still repeat dumbass stories you heard from your friends. And, and that makes me so happy. There's <laughs> usually something on the internet that will actually back up that Collaborate in a roundabout way. And you're like, oh no, it's real. See? They can't keep any divers in there. Everybody quits after two years. Or sign a two-year contract. That's besides the point. There's a yeah, reason but they for that. They no. can renew it. Nobody's Wait, ever renewed jumped. it. 
And it's not because no one wants to be a diver in a lake. Someone should make that horror movie. <laughs> it's sitting right in your yes. lap. It is sitting in the lap right there. Right Seriously, there. Taylor. I mean, you could always make an anthology of uh, Wyandotte County Park. You have Satanists. You have killer clowns. You have an evil fish. You got Creep Show too, right there. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got that like really creepy sort of like stone building where everybody has like wedding receptions and like family reunion parties down and there shit. too. Yeah, like that's on like the East Shore. There's like a lot of that place there, looks though. like something. That... I went to a wedding. My cousin got married in that building. I know <laughs> they got so different. You, Shelters and they're all yeah. creepy. Like there could be something spooky happening in each shelter. Yeah, yeah. and they look like a place where guys, it's got a huge gonna, fireplace. We're it's gonna t- have a hit on our hands. I know. Cut, cut, cut this part out. Cut this part out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, copyright this somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny though is we have enough filmmaker friends that could probably make us a really yeah. cool reality. And we could put based on true stories. Yes. <laughs> There's your seller. I mean, it, it's selling. true. It, it was a story. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright 2023, uh, Carnage Dunkhead. Um, <laughs> this is perfect. Crypticon should happen more often so we can actually talk with you all in person. Because I think the, the last this time This is we, the yeah. first time Nick and I have ever recorded anything in person. Yeah. Wait, shut with the each front other. door. Yeah. yeah. Really? In a hotel obvious. room. In a hotel room. <laughs> we're making yeah. art. In the embassy seats. Hit record. Because, yeah, we're usually Zooming, so this is rad. Yeah. This this yes. does need to happen more often. Yes. For Thank sure. you for having us on. This is so much fun. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks for, you know... Being our uh, podcast big brothers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> plug your shiz. Yeah. So uh, basically any kind of social media, Nightmare Junkhead, anywhere your podcasts are played, weekly stuff. We just actually hit our 400th episode. Uh, we're now going into dog exploitation in the month of July. <laughs> so uh, take it as you need it. Uh, but no, we have a lot of fun. Friday Night Frights every Friday at Screenland. Um, and also just... Getting to know your 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 host and junkie. Yeah. and appreciate it. Check and out uh, oh, Kansas City Horror Club. Check out the Kansas City Horror Club. Mm-hmm. It's on the Book of Face. Also, check out uh, the Media Rewind podcast, oh, yes. where we dive into action. There you go, Dustin. Yeah, we gotta throw, we gotta throw out the air horn. Um, and then yeah, so find us out on the social medias. You we're on Media Rewind on the Twitter and the Facebook. Um, you can also find me at Genius McGee, Genius with a J, and I'm on everywhere you want to be. So. Get out there and follow them, guys. And if you need another Patreon to be a patron of, it's a good Patreon. There's a lot of extra content, more than any other Patreon <laughs> I think I'm on. Thanks, Julie. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Thanks, guys. That was fun. That was very fun. And on top of that, we've got another guest. Um, we have the gate, our semi-irregular segment <laughs> where we ask our creators the same question: What was the horror that first hooked you? Uh, and I got to talk with director Alice Mayo McKay about her film Bad Girl Boogie, um, which we both saw at Chattanooga Film Fest. Let's listen. Again, thanks so much for taking time to talk to me. I really do appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, one of the first questions I have is, like, what is it about your part of the world that just crafts amazingly clever genre film? Well, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a good part of the world, I guess. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, what what led you to, like, 
genre film, but especially horror? I mean, I've always been a genre fan, like, growing up. I was, like, a massive Buffy fan. Um, And I don't know, for me, like, I've always liked storytelling as well. And, you know, a lot of character-driven stuff is where I like to focus. Um, But I think being able to combine, like, horror and those elements, I don't know, it's kind of the best of both worlds for storytelling for me because, like, you can do, like, gore and camp it up, but you can also have really, like, grounded moments, I think. And that's kind of what appeals to me. Was Buffy sort of like your gateway into horror or was there something that came before that? I mean, there was like Scooby-Doo, like the monsters and all that. But I don't know, like I feel like Buffy's like the first, I guess, like young adult horror that also kind of showed me like you can have real world issues and like all that kind of stuff. But also have horror, have like romance, have her like coming of age and all that stuff combined. That makes a lot of sense. I see I, I you saying that I can see a lot of like Buffy like influence now that you've said that in, in the stuff that you've made so far, which is a lot. I'm really very impressed that you're 18 and you have four film, three films that are out or almost out. You've got a fourth one that's you know uh, on its way soon and has premiered at a film festival and you're crowdfunding for a fifth like i i am absolutely uh, amazed how how do you get these films made in addition to like indiegogo campaigns and things like that um i think just like sheer willpower honestly um I don't know, it's, it's definitely difficult, but like, you know, like you use, like when it's not Indiegogo, I guess like I use the money from one film and then put that into the next film after I sold that and kind of just keeps the cycle going, which is stressful and obviously not ideal with stuff, but you know, whatever I can do to like make the stories I want to make and hopefully keep reaching larger audiences, which it looks like I'm doing. So that's also nice as well. Yeah. Now, your films um have have played like a lot of festivals like what what being as how you live in southern australia do you get chances to attend many of these and if so what have those experiences been like for you um i've only been to a couple so i was lucky enough to go to salem for the t-blockers premiere earlier this year and i'm going to outfest um next month as well um but really incredible it's just like to be surrounded I don't know about, you know, genre fans and just fans of like cinema who like want to see different stories be told. And it's just like, I don't know, connecting with other filmmakers as well. It's just a really beautiful experience. In terms of other experiences, like what, uh, how does it feel for you to get to watch your films with an audience, especially at like a, like a genre film festival, like uh, Salem? I mean, I don't like usually like, watching my films with people. Um, but I don't know, at Salem, I think it was kind of like the first time I was enjoyed it more, I think. It's just the kind of people that go to Salem and like kind of like, I don't know, just the environment of that festival is just really queer and really amazing in general. And yeah, I think, I don't know, like I'm, I'm not usually one to watch it, but like that was a really good experience and I'm really excited for Outfest as well. So that's like a dream festival of mine as well. So yeah been good 
when 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 you're making these movies like you're writing them you're directing them um who are the people you go to past that to like help you get these films made i have to imagine that there's got to be um like a group of folks um you depend on especially as closely made together as these films have been made yeah i mean i think it's just like because i do a lot of the producing i mean especially for the new one i think the first few by myself and then i've had the help of aaron patterson um who's also been in some of my films and that's been great i think especially just like i've been really lucky with my dap editor aaron chapin he's just like really i don't know it's like the best kind of person to work with just really gets everything and like what i'm making and just like the vibes and just references and it's just like the best support as well um yeah i honestly couldn't do it without him and even like yeah just i'm very grateful to have the crew i have what are the the challenges that you face in getting these movies made i mean finance is always like a big one like obviously like there's not a lot of money like it's pretty much for budget like 10,000 AUD which is like 6,000 US dollars so like that's always hard especially you know making horror isn't cheap practical effects isn't cheap um I mean that's like a big thing I think like producing as I mentioned I do a lot of that which I'm not a fan of but um yeah I don't know I think I'm just really grateful to be able to tell the stories I want to tell and Hopefully things get easier as I keep making them. Well, I know that um, your your fourth film, uh, Satanic Panic, um, features some musical numbers. Like, what made you, like, is it just, like, the desire to keep trying new things and expand, like, your skill set that made you want to in- include those? And, like, how did you get those made? Um, so I don't know. I've actually always been like a fan of musical theater. Like the first tattoo I got was like from a musical theater thing. So it's like, I don't know. It's not like a wide known fact, but, um, yeah, I kind of always like grew up with that. So yeah. And I love horror as well. So I guess like, I obviously wasn't going to make a full musical cause that's just insane with the resources that I have. Um, but one of my co-writers, um, Cassie Hamilton, who also stars in that film, she's like a musical theater performer as well. And she's like writing her own musical and she's super talented. And then, yeah, there was like, when we were writing the script together, there was just like the character's a drag performer. And there's like two songs, a couple of songs she sings earlier that aren't like plot driven. That's more just like in the film. And then there's like a big finale. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but you know, that is like kind of progressing the plot and it's kind of like a musical battle kind of thing. I don't really know how to explain it, but yeah, that's just how kind of came about because of the story and the characters and just how like insanely talented she is as well so yeah i would love to know more about your musical theater background if you're comfortable sharing that yeah no of course um yeah i was like a musical theater child like i was obsessed with like phantom of the opera like when i was like three or four i remember like playing the dvd of like gerard butler and that so many times and then obsessed with the live recordings and then I did musical theatre, like I was in like You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, as like Linus and stuff like that. And like, cause I had like a whole dance thing as well. I don't know. That was a time of my life for sure. I'm, I'm now hearing music of the night 
uh, playing in the back of my head. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. So, like, in terms of like these, the, your your movies, um, to kind of go back to something you mentioned earlier about like the 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 cost of doing uh, practical effects. What leads you to want to do practical effects when I guess digital is you know something that's so readily available and cheap? Um, well, I feel like cheap visual effects, unless it's like an intentional stylistic kind of thing, isn't really as cool as like practical effects. You know, I grew up on like watching films with practical effects. I always think it's like fun to watch, especially you know, despite the stresses and financial costs, it's also, I don't know, great to work with. Like the actors, like, you know, having a blood rig, like spurting out of their neck, it gives them something to react. You know, everyone reacts to that on set. Like it's just like a fun environment and it makes their work better, I think. And like, there's very few instances unless like we do more VFX and Citranic purely because it's like a, a heightened, like more cartoony camp world. And like, there's like demon tongues, like wrapping around people's arms, but like, when it comes to like especially doing a slasher i still want like i don't know just like the practicality of it just something about it looks and feels right to me each of your films has been like a different like take on a different kind of film like you have a vampire film you have a slasher film you have like a like a sci-fi like infestation horror um you have like musical theatrical like club horror and are these just like are there there films that you've like seen that you want to offer your own spin on or do you just find like you have an idea and like this particular like a, this would fit a a, a slash you know you have an idea for a plot and like a slasher is how you want to convey it yeah i think the latter i think just having that idea and having like being like oh the slasher is how i want to convey it um yeah, I think that's how my brain works for sure. So, um, can you tell me a, a little bit, like, about, like, what you do with? Because your films have gotten physical releases, which is, um, uh, really, really great for you know, low or micro budget films to be able to like really get into the filmmaking process, like what's your take like how do you get into how far do you get into um like the the bonus features and things like that um as in like like when they're on the dvd and stuff or um i mean i i love them i mean i think bad girl boogie is the first film i've had a physical release with i think there's some news about sovereign coming out soon but yeah um i mean i've always been a fan so like with bad girl boogie there's like two short films, one that's like 25 minutes, one that's 15. Um, there's like a commentary, like a bunch of seals and stuff. So I don't know. It's just something that I think is really cool and I wanted to have as well. Are, are you a physical media or a streaming person yourself? I am 100% a physical media, unfortunately, for my bank account. Um, Same. Yeah. I love those Criterion releases, um, Vinegar Syndrome. They're, you know, they're bundles. It's great. No, I really, I love physical media books. I started getting into vinyls as well, which even more expensive, you oh, know, so all much. of it. Yeah. 
Uh, well, that's absolutely wonderful. So, um, can you tell me more about the 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 plans you have for um doing a a Christmas horror film? Yeah, so it's kind of you know, like um it's a mix of like the tensions between like a a trans woman going home to like a small town for like Christmas and kind of all that pressure and family stuff, but then also there's like she's like a true crime podcaster and there's like an urban legend that's come to life so it's kind of like christmas family drama meets like i don't know like nancy drew and this like slasher vibe yeah okay i saw you tweet something about nancy drew the other day what was what, what what's that about i okay so i have like a really intense obsession with nancy drew like i literally have like the nancy drew logo tattooed on my arm um I don't know. I've been obsessed with it, like, ever since I saw, like, Pamela Sue Martin and, like, Nancy Drew meets Hardy Boys and Dracula. I literally watched that so many times. You know, they got a song from Phantom of the Paradise and that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, every iteration of Nancy Drew I'm truly obsessed with. I, like, I love the fact that, like, Nancy Drew is someone that, like, my mom read when she was a kid i read when i was a kid and then like your generation has like had their discovery of it it seems like she is like this low-key not like huge figure but like very influential like with a very long tail sure she i feel like she's always going to be there for some people and those stories are like they're good um like junior spooky kid entry level stuff. Yeah, sure. So, um, how can people find you um, online and follow your progress about things? I am on Instagram and Twitter as Alice Mary McKay, and that is pretty much it. But I post a lot about film stuff. So, yeah. Well, Alice, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to me um, about your films and your work uh, and what you've got uh, coming out. And I I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for talking. You too. You're very welcome. uh, I I will let you know when this goes live. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Great. Now, another thing that's different about this episode is that we didn't watch a movie. We watched a lot of movies and we went to Crypticon. So instead of recapping a movie, we're going to tell you about our time at Crypticon. And then we're going to tell you about some things that we saw at Chattanooga that hopefully you'll be able to see soon. At least of the ones we liked, there might've been a couple. I wasn't a huge fan of. Every time I like sign up for an online film festival, I'm convinced that I'm either going to watch far more movies or far fewer movies then I actually end up watching and it always ends up being roughly somewhere around eight or nine. Yeah. I'm, I'm always, I start off with, I'm going to watch everything. And then I get in and I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm not going to get to watch anything. And then I always land somewhere in the middle, somewhere between everything and nothing. Usually closer to everything. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I think like that's why Crypticon is such an interesting thing because like when I go to things in person, like I go way harder than like oddly if I can just watch it do things mm-hmm. like, from the comfort of my own couch. 
Um, and you were there the full weekend. I was there the well. I left pretty early. I didn't stick around for Sunday. I just like woke up and I was like, I gotta check out of my hotel. Like I woke up way too early and then was like, I'm gonna have to check out of my hotel room and then just like hang around all day. Um, so I went home and we did like domestic errand running stuff, and that was a actually probably a really good idea. Yeah, for sure. And for people who don't live in the Kansas City area, I think they do this actually, maybe also in Minneapolis, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty regional thing. Uh, Crypticon is a horror convention, horror in genre, but largely horror. Um, there were panels. I think they showed some movies, maybe. I didn't catch it. I was just there for a, a few hours on Saturday afternoon. Um, there was a whole showroom full of vendors. I bought a couple of cute things. Got scared by some people in costumes. Couple of different dudes dressed up as that triangle head guy from Silent Hill. Both of them very large men to start with. One of them also on stilts. I didn't care for it. I've <laughs> seen that. I've seen them at like various cons, like or like. I'm sure I've seen the guy with stilts at like Planet Comic Con a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're terrifying. Yeah, very scary. <laughs> I mean, it does go into your fear of people with masks, but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> grown adult loves horror, doesn't want to see a live person in a mask. If I can't see your face, I don't, I don't trust it. I don't know who's under there. Could be anyone. I think my fear is almost less that you're a scary person, but more that you're someone I know and I don't know it. <laughs> and that's awkward. Someone's going to play a joke on you. Yeah. Like it turns out it's my best friend from middle school. But no. <laughs> we both went to uh it wasn't even I I, I want to call it a panel, but it wasn't a panel, it was just a QA section uh session with Alex Vincent and Christine Elise from uh the Child's Play franchise. And with the exception of like a couple of very awkward, more a comment than a question questions, uh, and one question that was both a comment and a very insulting question uh, <laughs> yeah. it was really great like they both know how to tell stories and christine mm-hmm. swears a lot uh i love it uh and apologized for it but not really no <laughs> i mean it's definitely the type of crowd where you can swear a lot and yeah it was it was a really good q a they had you know i some of the questions weren't great, but that's okay. You know, when you open it up to the crowd, you get what you get. And us horror fans can be a little awkward, some of us. And that was on full display, but they handled it well. And they were very caring with their answers and with the crowd. So that was nice. Yeah, like everybody there was like super friendly and super nice. And like, it's definitely the sort of place where somebody will like see you in a t-shirt and just be like, oh, where'd you get that? And then mm-hmm. you have like a five to 10 minute conversation about said film. Um, there was an emotional support cat. Yes. Um, On um, its first road trip all the way from Florida. And 100%. Um, I feel like that is that is a thing more con should do is just like, have it have mm-hmm. a, like bring out your local humane society or whatever and uh, let some folks pet some cats or dogs. I feel like cats a little bit better if there's one thing we can all agree on as horror fans it's that do whatever you want to the people but leave the animals alone don't hurt the puppies and the kitties there were uh yeah the vendors were amazing i didn't spend too much money um thankfully um mm-hmm. Same. But did 
did like all the vendors were super nice and friendly and like people like everybody wanted to chat mm-hmm. which yeah is part of the reason i went home early on sunday <laughs> too much chatting i will say i was walking down one of the aisles and this guy did a thing where he he didn't ju- he had this skeleton on the end of it kind of looked like one of those um those things you have when you're a kid where it's like a grabby dinosaur face oh, you, yeah, you yeah. Get at the fair except it was a big skeleton head and he jammed it into my face and made it go while I was just, I'm just by myself walking down, looking at stuff. And I was just like, you just ruined any potential sales for any of the booths in your radius because I'm not coming back. I'm going away and I'm not coming back. I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> I actually did come back because I bought an art print from the guy next to him um, because it was just really good. It, uh, he had a really cool style and it was michael myers with his knife and then the knife was a reflection of little kid in a clown costume michael myers which i thought was super clever there were bands they were fine <laughs> I, I was gonna ask about that what kind of bands I, play uh they're like hard rock, after hours. metal band sort of bands uh and they're playing out in the parking lot they uh, i feel like they really i think it, that was like kind of the only part of the convention that i think was kind of a flop like they didn't do a really good job of directing people to things that weren't like in the main hall mm-hmm. or like adjacent to it like there were no signs for the concert like it, there were no like they had posters like they were in you could find them online and stuff like that but there were like no posters with like hey the show starts at eight and it's right outside and like play you know directions to it there was no like lineup of movies that were playing in the movie room at the hotel next door which is why i didn't go because i couldn't find the list again on facebook so i feel like that was like that really sort of like i think that contributed to like the low turnout at the show like yeah that makes sense bands playing also um key key thing if you are playing music in between bands do not play bands that make that, that that are just like set an unfair level of expectations for the acts that are coming <laughs> after they were they were playing like a lot of like alice in chains and rage against mm-hmm. the machine and it all sounds amazing coming through this pretty good sound system and then the bands would play and i'm just like this just like i don't think they were like the people running sound were particularly great at doing like outdoor shows or something because like i thought it was a problem with the speaker setup and then yeah turns out it was <laughs> how they were miking the bands which was cool. it was nice. It was fun. I hung outside, drank some beers, chatted with people. It was, nice. it, was it was a lovely way to spend an evening until um I got tired of standing in a parking lot. Yeah. I had heard that the hotel was also hosting some fans in town for the Taylor Swift concert, which had to have been an exciting juxtaposition for those youngsters. <laughs> or not so youngsters, but people into a different kind of vibe. <laughs> uh, it was really funny like i didn't i only saw them like like very early in the morning or very late in the evening like i did not see them at all during the day so it was just mm-hmm. very weird to like randomly be on and you're used to riding the elevator with like all of these you know like i rode the elevator like four times with like sylvia jeffries or alex Vincent. it was very yeah <laughs> weird but yeah you, you would just like get used to like seeing you know, people who are used to you know like a, a skull on your shirt or whatever and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're standing next to like a bunch of like 14 year olds and they're yeah. just like, like big wide eyes <laughs> well also you know imagine you're a swifty and you're just coming down for your continental breakfast and um 
oh, there's Art the Clown. <laughs> wow. <A> lot <laughs> Good of morning. A lot of, lot of t-shirts that have visuals that you're not expecting to have with your, your bacon and eggs. For sure. <laughs> but it's fun. It's, it's, yeah. it's low key. It's very easy to get to. It's, there's a lot of stuff. Like if you need to pop out, like you, you're like five minutes from Zona Rosa. Um, it was an easy drive for me to get there. Um, it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. It's charming. It's really, yeah. I don't know if I'll do like a full weekend again, but like, I, I need to really make an effort to make it back next year yeah it was the first time i had gone and while in general my feeling on just cons overall not crypticon specifically is oh i'm paying to pay i'm paying to then go buy stuff that i don't like that that's unpleasant (laughs) but there are panels and then i was kind of i was just kind of jealous of you staying and of you know other people we know that we're spending the whole weekend because i was like then it becomes kind of like a slumber party where everybody has their own room and that's kind of fun so I was like, maybe next, maybe next year I can, you know, get a group in motion to at least do Friday night, and, you know, Friday night into Saturday or something. Might and, be a good time. And now it's a like a hundred eighty degree switch to a thing that was completely virtual, and uh-huh. uh, I mean, it did have uh like elements. I didn't do uh for for Chattanooga Film Festival. Um, like I mean, this was its tenth anniversary. Mm-hmm. I've I've done it a couple of times in the past and so if you yeah uh i didn't avail myself of any of like the discord servers or any of that stuff this year it's overwhelming it's so overwhelming on their discord to me god bless them they love the discord server and a lot of the people that go or go virtually love it and i just i i turn it on and there's so many messages and i'm like i can't it's it's insurmountable i can't do it but it is nice when you've watched a movie that made you feel good or bad or some sort of way. There's a channel for each movie. So you can be like, God, did anybody else hate this as bad as that? Nobody ever says they hate it because the filmmakers are on there. So no one says that. <laughs> but you can go in and that, and good for them. They shouldn't be in there trashing it when they know the filmmakers are there. And they do not. It's the most positive crowd in an online fairly anonymous situation that you've ever encountered and i've only been doing chattanooga since covid happened so this is the first year they were back in person i've only known them as virtual so before this year there were so many virtual panels and Mm -hmm. and everything and they took all that back to in person which is great for them it was a little sad for me because there was stuff that i was like oh i would have liked to see grady hendrix do his how to sell a haunted house spiel and things like that that we just couldn't see but It is one I'd be tempted to travel to because it just seems like such an interesting little festival. The lineup's really great. Like the the adjunct stuff. Yeah, like the last couple of years getting to like see like really cool like discussions. Like I had an absolute Mm -hmm. blast, like maybe not last year, but the year before, especially like where I just I think I took some time off work and just spent like a good portion of the weekend just like hanging out and watching uh panels and getting to see like um what's her name who did tigers are not afraid um isa lopez yeah isa lopez like she was on a panel and that's how i was like i'd seen her movie but like seeing her on a panel i was just like well now i want to see everything she does because she's awesome yeah i feel like that's kind of the appeal of panels is that you get to like learn a little bit more about the people who make the stuff you like yeah and you and they I think it was 
Chattanooga this had they've had some weird ones too like I think one year they had one that was sort of like how horror and porn had both kind of grown in the same something to that nature that I would have never probably opted into in any other way just is not necessarily interested but I was like well I got nothing else going on what's this about and then it was actually really pretty interesting and educational <laughs> I was like okay I've learned some things here I've learned about a crossover area that I didn't expect and that's pretty cool and they do such a great mix of like name stuff lesser known stuff um the various like documentaries they pull in are just superb um yeah it it it's literally like there's something for you kind of depending on like whatever you like genre wise you can find something you'll enjoy yeah because they even have comedies and dramas it's not a strictly genre festival although it's very genre heavy and they have a little not little that's kind of a dismissive way to say it, but they have like a screenwriters kind of workshop thing where you it's like a pitch and you can i don't I'm not exactly sure how it works but one of my um modern horrors colleagues has done it and actually got his his script through to like the mentoring stage so they they read through some scripts and i think they typically pick one or maybe a couple that they're like this has legs now you get to have a mentoring session with um i think it's the producer who who is the producer for rustic films so for like the benson and moorhead guys i can't remember this dave nelson it's dave something i should have looked it up and i didn't but anyway that's you know that's a pretty great mentor to spend a little time with to kind of go over your script and uh they've also done like a really awesome idea of they do like a lot of like uh what's the term repertory screenings right Mm -hmm. um where they've like done all kinds of just like for for this one they had they they called them uh red eye films like they were late night screenings of like weird stuff like that you can't really see anywhere else which Mm -hmm. was super duper cool um i watched a couple of those and had a real blast just being like well i don't know what i'm gonna get let's 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 fucking go yeah i didn't manage to catch any of those i feel a bit bad about it but you know they they would start late that's why they're red eye and then you could access them throughout the festival but i felt like there was so much new stuff i wanted to try to catch and especially since i was covering it for modern horrors and i was covering it by myself this year which usually i do it with another writer so i felt compelled to get as many things as i could especially since sometimes you got to watch a lot of things to get a handful of things that are chunky enough to write about mm-hmm. it's uh and i mean like a. Uh... And I think like every genre film fest, they there are a slew of shorts that you can watch, which mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of. Uh, I mean, the way that they do it, excuse me, you can watch them, you know, either by themselves or you can just watch um, watch them as the themed blocks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more of a jump around person myself. That's chaos. I know. I just like finding <laughs> the ones where I'm just like, oh, that looks neat. And I watch that and then see what else. It's usually because I can't decide. I can't commit to like watching like a feature. So I'm just going to bounce around. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like it's 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 uh, like a higher class version of uh just like uh, 
YouTube, basically. Mm-hmm. So was there was there anything that you stood out as like your that stood out for you as like your favorite or things that you think people need to keep an eye out for? Well, I mean, I think we we both agreed and we both talk about this um, on our um, the the nightmare junkhead half of the show. Um, yes, because we recorded for their show as well, um, which, which you'll be able to hear, I think, early August on their feed. If you're not a patron, if you're a patron of theirs, you would have already heard it, but it comes out for the public early August. So keep an eye peeled if you want us there. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but we we both like sort of agreed that like mind body spirit is just like like just a superb like found footage movie that like operates yeah. in a really interesting way and is really like it can be like very sort of like very obvious, but there's so much subtle stuff in it that like I I want to rewatch it like right now. Mm-hmm. Like every time I talk about it, I'm like I I need to see like what I missed. Yeah, and one thing I didn't mention when we were telling them about it that I did that really kind of tickled me about it. So it's a, it's a uh, archival YouTube dark web thing of a yoga influencer who, you know, things go badly. It's a horror movie. Things go badly. Um, But interspersed are these ads like that would come up if you were watching a YouTube playlist of these videos. And they're so spot on. If you've ever watched any YouTube videos in the health and wellness sphere, they're so spot on to how those ads look. But it just made it feel like you're really watching something that happened that you shouldn't be watching. Um, I also didn't expect, like, I expected that I would enjoy the weird kids. I wasn't expecting to be as sort of, like, touched as I was by it. Yeah, same. That is the, a movie. It, oh. Yeah, it's an, it's an animated film, which are always kind of hit and miss for me. But it really worked. And... And yeah, they ended up making you feel emotions for not just cartoons, but like insects. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a, a dog. And it's just, it's, yeah. it's a movie that like, it starts out and you're just like, oh man, I don't know if I can handle this for mm-hmm. 90 minutes. And, but like the way, the reason it does that is because like, you will find that these characters have more dimensions than you might otherwise have thought yeah it's just it, it it it's it's a good one it's um there is also a short that i watched um that is i'm trying to find out the director uh director david flores um did this uh documentary called uh i'm sorry this short called likeness that is it was the last short short i watched actually because it kind of wrecked me emotionally like oh. it really it deals with like ai and like family and i don't really want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but it's it's really really fantastic i have to i'll have to put that on the list um one that i caught that i i don't think you caught was the first lithuanian slasher because lithuania does not have a big (laughs) horror history like some countries and it's called we might hurt each other I think the it's also you might find it under the name pensive and then also under the Lithuanian name that I'm not even going to attempt to tell you. Um, but it it's kind of a slasher in the camp style. It's a little bit a little bit Jason-y. Um, it's just this group of kids who looking for a place to party. They go out, they find, you know, they find a a house that 
the, the main kid's mom can't sell because a family burned alive in it all except for the dad. And then he channeled his sadness into these folk art statues, which apparently are a re- actual popular thing in Lithuania um, that are kind of like the pensive Christ imagery. I, I did a review on this one, so that's why I know these things that I had to look it all up, um, which you can read on modernhorse.com. Um, and so then, you know, as they're teenagers, they fuck with these statues. And guess what? Then they get killed. That's what happens. <laughs> a lot of them lose their lives. And but but what gets interesting about it is like the main character is ultimately like not likable, which is a super bold move. This is a super bold move to do with your main character. Uh, and that one I was uh, is also it's just now as of I think yesterday streaming on Screenbox. So Ooh, yeah, so if you have Screenbox, I say check it out. It's is it breaking new ground? No. Is it interesting and kind of fun nonetheless? Yeah, I liked it. That's what I like to hear. Um, one of the shorts that I watched was called um, uh, No Overnight Parking um, that that has Alyssa Milano oh. and French Stewart and Yvette Nicole Brown. Uh, wow. uh, and it it's you can watch uh, it's. Again, not breaking new ground, but it's super fun. And like the performance from like Alyssa Milano is great. Um, and it's streaming on Shutter as part of Etheria Film Fest. So oh, noted. All right. I mean, um, you had me at Alyssa Milano and then you said French Stewart, and I was like, I'm in. Yeah. It's it's like a real tight, very well made, like uh 10 minute slasher kind of. Nice. Um, one other that I want to shout out is The Elderly, which I didn't get to review because it had already been reviewed on Modern Horrors by the, a writer who did not like it, and I did like it. And it's by the same Spanish directors who did The Passenger last year. Oh, okay. Sorry, my dog is barking, and I apologize. And Elderly is sort of in that vein, which I'm. if you haven't seen either, I'm not going to get into what either one the vein is. But in The Elderly, it's like, you know, we've seen a lot of like, old people are gross movies lately so it starts with that but then it's like also what if they're right you're dismissing everyone as having dementia and being old and they don't know what they're talking about what if they do what if they're right and that's an interesting take on it it's a lot of old people fucking shit up are there any movies and i know we try to stay positive on this podcast but were there any movies that you saw that you might want to warn people away from i'm gonna say this normally i think the chattanooga film fest programmers do a great job this year i really think they could have used a woman's eye or a female perspective because almost everything i saw and especially everything i saw that i did not like came from this strong male perspective in some cases made me wonder if it was satire or sincerity so um pound cake it was definitely satire and it was so heavy handed and it, it, I just know on pound cake <laughs> and then uh, followers while it wasn't a bad movie. I spent a lot of it going, was this written about men's rights activists or by men's rights activists? And I don't know. I'm assuming it's satire about men's rights activists, but it, it kind of could have gone either way, and that made me nervous. Uh, 
I watched the Once in Future Smash, which is a great idea and super fun, but also could have very easily have been like a like a 20 minute short that's like a like a TV episode kind of thing, as mm-hmm. opposed to being like a full like a, a don't get me wrong, like it goes super fucking weird and it it definitely has fun, but like um yeah. A lot of the jokes just kind of keep going. I intentionally skipped that one at Panic Fest and intentionally skipped it again at Chattanooga Fest. It just did not look like my type of thing. I do like a good mockumentary. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, and the idea is super solid. And like the the fake slasher, I didn't get around to uh, uh, what is it? Uh, End Zone Two. I didn't mm-hmm. get around to watching that, but yeah. I, I I maybe at some point like when it pops up somewhere else but there were some people at panic fest that I talked to that loved those though like that those were their favorite things they they were the highlight of the festival for them so I don't know your tastes maybe they're for you they were not for Nick and I per se <laughs> I mean I guess I can't say they weren't for me they just very much didn't look like I would like them so I did not spend the time on them I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy End Zone 2 a lot more than the faux documentary because it just seems like it does seem like they got the vibe right and it looks like a movie from the early 80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's our summary. That's the tip of the iceberg. But yes, um, there are a few more that I reviewed and I might have one more coming if I can eke it out uh, for modernhorrors.com. And and like I said, there's a Justin reviewed. I don't know how he reviewed so many. He reviewed so many for Cinepunks that I've seen coming through. So, and I've I've read a couple of them, and they're great reviews. So I would say definitely if you're interested, go check those out at Cinepunks.com. Always when Justin writes, uh, like encourage him to do that more because he's yeah, he's churning them out and he's doing a great job. And so it's time for I'll be right back. Um, I don't really have any plans, honestly. Like I have nothing horror related coming up. I'm kind of taking like a bit of a breather after going hard for like the last couple of weeks. I'm only excited about the Barbie movie right now. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But we do still have stickers. We have some buttons. Uh, you can get those or you can just chat at us at carnagereportpod at gmail.com and, or at Report Carnage on Instagram or Twitter to tell us your feelings or ask us questions or just generally follow us. Yeah, the nice part is, is I made a shit ton of swag bags and did not give them all out. So if you message us... Um, I will just throw one of those in an envelope and mail it to you. So you that gets you like a bunch of that gets you That's all the stickers, I think. all four stickers that we have right now and a button. Um, yeah. So let us know. It's a good deal. All right. All the music in the show is from Nick's brother, Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks or at Nodder.bandcamp.com. And Nick, 
Where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Nuthouse Punks. I am on Instagram at Nicklaus Mouse. Uh, and where can they find you? I am Dark Humor Girl, wherever you're looking. I'm going to be the last holdout on Twitter if I can, but I'm also on Blue Sky, I guess. And I'm trying it all out. Anyway, I'm out there. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. And we'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news and horror when we talk about Talk to Me, the supernatural horror film from directors Danny and Michael Philippou. What's it all about? When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. I'm so excited for you all to see this one. I am very excited to see. Yay! Yay! And you'll get to hear us talk all about it on the next episode. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.